Hey, Maggie. Hola, Anna. How's it going? Pretty Spanish-y. <laughs> Guess what? Today we have on the pod a clip from a couple weeks ago that we recorded with Maggie Mikesell talking about her work with Speaking of Stories. She was the artistic director and put a lot of years into that. And, yeah, a lot of years into and that. And they ended with a bang with T.C. Boyle That's and right. Feline England and mm-hmm. Joe Spano. Hard hitters. That was the same night as the Indie Awards, and we're going to talk about that. Definitely. And then we're going to look forward to some upcoming shows, mostly we're, musicals. Yeah, we are def- We may not be looking forward to all of them, but we'll definitely They're look happening. at some of them. They're happening, and, and there's nothing happening. we can do about it. So, And um, on a more somber note, we're going to talk about um, one of an actor in our community who could use a little TLC. So. Yeah, a little helping hand. Yeah. Let's do it. All right. Okay, Maggie Yates, we have the other Maggie with us today. The other Maggie. Hello, Maggie. How are you doing? Just fine, sort of. Thank you. I've been sick. Yes, she's been sick. Um, And Maggie Mikesell has been the artistic director of Speaking of Stories for many years now, and they are having their final performance this Monday. Correct. So the 20th, right, at Center Stage. So we thought we could um, ask her about that. So, so Maggie, M, Maggie yeah. Mitchell, uh, tell us how Speaking of Stories began and, and how you got involved. All right, so as far as I understand, I think this is more or less correct. Uh, Stephen Gilbar, who was the founder of Speaking of Stories, and since it's 25 years old, I guess that means somewhere in the middle of the 1990s, um, had been listening a lot to Selected Shorts, which is a similar program that's broadcast out of New York City where professional actors read published short stories. And it always was on a Monday night because theaters were dark and they could get um, the actors were available on Monday nights. He came to town and decided he wanted to start something here. And he asked people, learned about who were the local actors and at put together shows, and at that point they were at center stage. And I think he paid for everything at that point. And at one point, one of the actors, Karen De La Pena, said, I could do a better job with this in terms of directing people. And so she, he said, fine, and she took over. <laughs> and for 10 years, she was the artistic director of Speaking of Stories, and then it one point in 2003, decided to leave, mm. and um, I saw a little blurb in, in the then news press, and, well, it's still the news it's press. It's still the news press, yeah. It's still there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we read it, and I applied for the job, and I was hired to do it. And at that time, they also had an educational component, and I used to go up and teach classes up at the boys' camp, Los Prietas Boys' Camp. Wow. So what, for 15 years, I've been the artistic director. Wow. And uh, how many shows have you guys put on, do you think, per year? Well, the regular season has always been uh, January through May. It, when it was at the Libero, there was only one show. When we moved it to center stage, we did two shows, a matinee and an evening. So for, since for 25 years, as they say, you do the math. Okay. Wow. I'm... Cool. 
So do the ha- math, Anna. Do the, I can't. do the math I right can't now. Do the math. I I. Uh... <laughs> well, when in the beginning it was at Center Stage, and then they moved it to the now Victoria Theater. Oh, okay. Then it went to the Libero, and when I was hired, it was at the Libero. Okay, and then you brought it back to Center Stage, or how did that transition happen? Because you're back at Center Stage now. It was basically during what we. Uh, um, called the Great Recession in 2008, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which that- made spending money um, in the arts field a bit more difficult. And the Libero is much more expensive than Center State. Right. So. Yeah. Hmm. So uh, what what changed once you guys moved to Center Stage? Because I know you've had like different kinds of programming. It hasn't always followed just that sort of published short stories done by actors. You know. Well, I well the the quote season stories uh, shows were mainly in that format where one professional actor was reading one story. I was often given quote slots in the fall where I was told I could go off format. Hmm. So I've some radio shows with four or five readers doing radio programs. I did one show where actors and musicians worked together, which is really interesting to see how words and music are both rhythmically mm-hmm. variable and how they can go together. I've, we've done opera shows, mm. had singers, and then stories about opera. <laughs> and the whole reason the personal stories came about, which we've been doing for four or five years, and that part of speaking of stories will continue, is because I was trying to do a moth-like um, program, but many people didn't couldn't w- didn't want to memorize pieces which the moth is all about memorization so <laughs> it became a readers theater personal stories presentation oh okay and so you said that part is going to continue tell yeah. us more about that that's yeah, very smart <laughs> i mean it's a, it's actually a very good format for local people particularly people who are not in the performance field at all to have a, a shot on stage. And it seems to me that local writing groups are springing up everywhere. People are writing their own stories and going to classes and private classes to learn how to do that. So there's an abundance of material out there. I see material, and uh, so that'll keep going. Is it going to go under the name Speaking of Stories, or is it going to... I think Speaking of Stories... Will end, but it will be under the auspices of Center Stage Theater. I see. Okay. 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 Cool. Well, when are you planning to continue with that? This is your going to be your last show of this season, and also the last show of Speaking of Stories. But when do you uh, hope to take back up with this new project that's similar? Well, it will probably. It's. I've been told that it'll either be once or twice a year, and I think that twice a year, last year and the year before, or just last year. I can't remember. We did holiday stories. I think we've done that twice. So basically it tends to be weekends. And Center Stage Theater has become a very popular rental house, so to fr- trying to fit in mm. extra things has become more difficult. But the first weekend in December tends to be not highly sought after in mm-hmm. terms of rentals. So that's a good weekend to do things. And so mm-hmm. stories of holidays fits in there. And then also sometimes in February... Um, Particularly, you've got those two presidents' weekends, and you know, it makes it difficult for people to want to come to theater sometimes. So, those are also spaces where the theater tends to not be overly rented. But the rest of the year, I think that theater is just 
bulging with rental hmm. companies. Interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of um, student dance work that goes up there. I mean, people because would, I think it is affordable. Yeah, I think people seek uh, rental spaces, but the Vic was originally supposed to be offering that, and then everybody's still wondering about the Alacama if that's ever going to be available. I know that's sort of a mystery that, of the it, theatrical it's, community. It's open. Isn't it? I mean, but it's it like is. they tore out all the theater stuff. Like there's no there's right. no infrastructure it's, in there it's anymore. More, it looks more like a the like rec center dance hall, except it's not a dance floor. But Ooh, that's what but it looks in, like. But anybody Small. associated with the ensemble theater company has fond memories of that space and would yeah. love to uh, to create something there. But right, it's so different now. Though. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's, it would it's take a, a lot. It's a nice. It is a nice space. It is. It's a nice space. And they've, I mean, it, when you go in there, it's really nice, the Al Hakama, the way they've remodeled it. But you're right. It's not really, it's not a theater. Even if you no. put in a bunch of seating, I don't, you're right. I don't think they have the lighting. And I don't even know if it's rentable. I think it is rentable. Yeah, I have no idea, I honestly. think it's rentable, but we, we, we need should to look, look into this. Up. Let's yes. look into this. Yes, this is a mystery for us people. to solve. Um, we know if you look into it, I wouldn't even know who to call the city. Right, right. <laughs> I'm going to start with John Palmentary. <laughs> See what he has Get to on say. That, John. We need to know what's going John, on. John, we got a scoop for you. So tell us about Monday's show, since that is right. Monday will also be up. a matinee on Sunday. Oh, okay. Um, so over the years, there have been several people who have read regularly, and every year that we've done a May show on Monday night, which we do, it's always coincided with the Independent Theater Awards. Yep, as we it hope. does again. <laughs> yes, it will and, this year. Too, and we can't, it. we can't mention anyone who may, even though I think we all know some no, things. No, but about my point that, being but... that I've tended to not use local actors. Oh, right. For that particular show, because they're not available, or they want to go to the Independent Theater Awards, which they should, even if no one is being awarded that year. People right. love to go and hang out with their uh, colleagues. Jones. So yeah. it's yeah. a very Make the popular scene. evening, which has restricted my choice of actors. Uh, I, guess, I see. So this year, I've, as in past years, I've gone to Los Angeles, basically. And um, also, T.C. Boyle has read often, and he's a great reader of his own material. And he has said that when he writes, he writes to be read out loud, and oh, he reads out loud to his wife. He reads his stories out loud to his wife. So he is, um, and Stephen Gilbar is still involved with these oh, wow. stories. We both wanted him to be there at the closing mm-hmm. since he's been a big presence and a popular presence in our um, shows. So he's reading a story he wrote, which was in the New Yorker, and which mentions the Thomas Fire and the mudslides. Oh, wow. Since he mm-hmm. lived on a studio and experienced both of those, not nothing wow. that directly hurt him in terms of his home and still standing and wasn't damaged. And then Joe Spano is based in Los Angeles and he's a TV and movie actor who's read many times and he is just a fabulous interpreter of text. Feline England, who was um, involved in the early shows, um, is and was is a graduate of the BFA acting yes. program at UCSB. is based in Los Angeles, and she is a very again somebody who handles text beautifully. And the last reader is a a local woman who is not an actor but has read several stories 
uh, speaking of stories, and it's basically going to talk about her experiences and about growing and having being trusted to do something on stage and to get and how it gave her confidence in life. So it's basically she's what, presenting a welcome about hmm. here we are at the final gate and here's right. what I've learned and please listen to these three wonderful readers. Hmm. Um, and what is her name? Uh, Cyril Burdett. And I went really literary in the beginning. I was going very literary and yeah. over the years, and particularly during the mudslides and the fires, people wanted more humorous and not so serious stories for uh, obvious reasons since people were traumatized by all these yeah. um, uh, traumatic events. But this, for my closing show, I went very literary. Mm, yeah, cool. So uh, can you tell us what the stories are, or should we show no, up? No, no, I'm happy to tell you. Okay. TC yeah. always chooses his own work, sure. and he's, his, the title of his story is A Walk Between the Raindrops. And you can look that up online. It's uh, and even hear him read it uh, out of the New Yorker. Cool. The story that Feline is doing, Feline is, is just gets so involved in her stories, and I found her her stories over the year. Her stories this time is called The Blue Tree by Rick Bass, and it's a story about family and a father and his two daughters, and the wife is also present, and just about basically finding community in your family and how that works. Hmm. Cheryl is reading a story called Speaking of Stories because she's doing the welcome in her experience about it. And then Joe Spano is reading Refresh, Refresh, which is a by Benjamin Percy. And this is a story that two years ago um, Stephen Gilbar had sent to me, and Joe is the perfect person to Mm. read it. It's Mm -hmm. a difficult story. To me, when I first read it, it's like a really good play. It stays with you. Yeah. Even though it's somewhat difficult in terms of the content, it's so honest and so real. And wow. those are the stories over the years, even though people say, I want to be entertained. Yeah, they want to be entertained. It's these mm-hmm. kinds of stories that people go, I remember that story. It's yeah. the, it's the right. ones that get down, digging deep and, and yeah. tell the truth. Yeah, you can't sure. just have uh, Twinkies all the time. Yeah, you know they taste good for a minute, but then you're but like, but you will die. Yeah, I mean that's what they say. I've never tried it. I'm pretty sure it's <laughs> true, Anna. Let's be real. But no, that sounds great. Yeah, that sounds that, like a really that's good great, evening. That that does sound really good. I and, well, and I'm going to enjoy the heck out of it. <laughs> as you should. As you worked you should. hard for this. Yeah, I mean, this has been that's years, years and years, and uh, well, quite an uh, accomplishment. Over fifteen. So. Over fifteen. Yeah, it's and, a bittersweet ending for me, but yeah. you know, yeah. as they say, some doors close and a window opens. And a window, indeed, indeed, it does. So, uh, like you know, we have a great venue here for for stories, but I'm wor- I'm worried that you're um, you're gonna just stop reading now. Yeah, like that. That's it. I, I won't know who to ask for a short story recommendation now. Like, no, who do I go to? Um, no, I'm. You know, I have. I'm, You've got I'm so around. much I'm Netflix to catch up on now. <laughs> I mean, I Only may not there was see anything you. worth watching. <laughs> oh, I'll send you a list. I'll send you a list. And we'll Thank see you, you in two years. <laughs> they will all be Norwegian <laughs> movies. It's all in Norwegian, but you'll all really like it. searching for something. <laughs> well, um, we hope you feel better really soon and certainly are up on your feet in, in good stead come 
Sunday matinee and Monday night. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Okay. Thanks Absolutely. so much, Maggie. Thank you. So, Maggie, you and I saw a play. So, Anna, we did. Did you like it? I did like it. I liked it, too. It was called Into the Beautiful North, and it uh, this was out at UCSB. By Karen Zacharias, mm-hmm. I believe is how you pronounce that. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. I don't actually know. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought it was a, a nice way for them to end their season. Yeah. It was uh, light and... Light, but not vapid. But not vapid. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that they did a good job of showing not only the sort of perils of moving over the border as an undocumented person from south of the United States border, and uh, then kind of the interesting things that happen when you've never been to the United States and you travel around for a while. You know, yeah. you run into kind of the the foibles of American culture, but also like the really lovely things about American culture. Yeah. And I thought that they did a good job of of showing both of those. And yeah, and it was all done from sort of the perspective of um, these people mostly the the main woman who young lady who who wants to go to america if i understand her quest go to the united states i should say and find seven mexican men to be heroes right they live in this little town on the baja coast uh, called trace camarones and most of the men have have gone north to to find work in the united states and then they are uh kind of bothered by the cartel and it's it's just kind of an imbalance so uh she sees the magnificent seven and gets inspiration from that and heads north and tries to find tries to find men to bring back to to champion her town uh and her name is naeli and that is carrie jacinto and she did a great yeah, job. She, she did a great she job. Did. She did. And she was also, when we saw Laramie Project, she was in Laramie Project. Oh, Pro- that, very yes. memorable. From she, yes, she was the uh, the police officer yeah, who had to go through the uh, the HIV treatment. Right. Because she got uh, exposed. Yeah. Yeah. To, yeah. And that was, that was really then. Uh, then all the cast was, you know, people of color and yeah. students and and they were just very vibrant. It was, it was just a great show. I think it was a great choice for them. I think it was yeah. like a nice light season ender. I think it was a great choice for that that population of actors because they can populate this show with yeah. really talented people of color. Yeah. And uh Roz Cornejo who was the Tia Yes. She is hilarious. Yeah. I love her. I love her mm-hmm. stage presence. A yeah. lot of the, what I love about watching the UCSB shows is you see these kids yeah. when they really come in as kids, they're like 17 or 18, and they start acting. And then as you watch them progress through their years, like I I just like Roz Cornejo is an example yeah. for me because when I first saw her, I was like, okay, like she's getting there. But mm-hmm. like in this show, particularly in the last couple she's been in, I'm like, yeah, she is like it's really a come a long way mm-hmm. and she mm-hmm. looks great, sounds great, she's really funny. Yeah. So I was, I was I was happy with it. And um maybe you have the name of the young man in that show who he was also in Laramie Project playing a number of characters mm-hmm. as, as sure. they did. As they do. Um playing he... the gay man. Oh, that's who... RJ Enriquez. Yeah, he was so good. Yeah, he was really funny. He was really funny and he was um, really good in the Laramie Project yeah. too. Like he would come back on as a different character, and it would be 
a while before. Those pearly whites all oh. day long, they oh, are beautiful. Okay. The teeth aren't as memorable to me somehow. Oh. See, teeth is like the first thing That's I look thing. for on a person. Oh, really? Like, oh, how man, are your teeth? Now I feel really, you know. No, your teeth are fine. I, I'm a coffee drinker. Well, I'm a wine drinker. Like, yeah. hmm. you can't, I cannot judge other people by my own mistakes. No. Oh, well, <laughs> pearlies all around. Uh, and then, yeah. So, yeah. oh, yeah. It was, it was great. a great show. Yeah, it ends today, but I thought it was a, a strong choice. And It was. Congrats. Yeah. Congrats to the graduating class. So one thing that we need to talk about is the biggest night in Santa Barbara Theater, the Indie Awards, which of course we are both a part of. I missed the ceremony because I was traveling and seeing alligators and drinking Purple Drank Mm -hmm. in NOLA, but Mm -hmm. I was so sad to miss it and I want to hear all about it. So Anna, you were there. Yes, I was. You were presenting. You were a big wig. Tell me everything. How did it go? I was a small wig. You were So many people won so many a medium wig. Okay. We'll debate the size of the wig later, but yeah, it was it was different because it's usually been at the Soho right schmoozy you know, bar, schmoozy bar, schmoozy bar, which is smallish, uh-huh. um, and uh, and you know you're popping up onto kind of a cabaret stage, there. right? So this was at the New Vic, and Ooh, yes, bigger theater, better venue, definitely a better venue okay. for. I mean, I was wondering how it would play because there was something about the intimacy of the Soho that I thought, ooh, what if we what if we miss all that and and you know, it's kind of like too big and it feels right, like impersonal. Or, yeah. That's I mean, that's something that people have said like there's everybody has a, an opinion yeah. about the goddamn indie awards, but right. you know, one of the opinions is like we like Soho because it's the only night that the whole industry comes together and you contribute. And I feel like that is a little bit harder in the right. theater theater. Right. But I also like the fact that in the theater theater, it is more focused on the people who are accepting the awards. It, it was. And that was, I think, the payoff was that I felt like I really had a sense of the people who were accepting the awards. Right. Okay. As people, not just as actors who I see only in the context of a, of a play. Sure. Yeah. You or, get to see or a little, actors or directors. Or, yeah. You yeah. get to see a little personality. Yeah. Well, I who like did that. we have that was exciting that won, that deserved um, the hell out of well, it? Well, I believe they all deserve the heck out of it, hell yes. out of it. Um, let's see. For me, some that were memorable were, uh, well, my long-term friend, Feline England, won oh, yes. for her performance in Heisenberg. With Joe Spano, right? With Joe and Joe Spano, her it's a two-hander, so they both won, and yeah. um, they were both – they're just such good actors. Yeah, you know, well-deserved. When well you think deserved. about the craft of acting, mm-hmm. those people are on top of their game, yeah. you yeah. know. So that was so richly deserved. And then um, it was also mixed in with the dance awards. So a That's lot of right. people I had never seen before. You oh, know, I don't yeah. know those people. I don't you got to cross over into the other side of that. Yeah. Well, I got a glimpse of it anyway. Yeah. They had one um, young man dance. I think he got the newcomer award for dance. And, um, you know, that was cool. But otherwise... I had to kind of abstract my mind into what these people may have done, you know. I was like, oh, okay, modern dance. You know who I love from the dance awards mm-hmm. is uh, mm-hmm. Roshna and Simon. And okay, both yeah. of them have been dancing with, uh, they do the aerial with uh, Ninette 
Paloma at the aerial at her aerial studio, and I've seen a number of Ninette's uh, big year-end shows. We just went to the one a couple of weeks ago at the Libero, uh-huh. and they're always just beautiful and creative and lovely. And those two soloists in particular are. Uh, incredible to watch and they yeah. really really draw attention they're beautiful dancers they're beautiful uh ex- you know with their the way that they express and so i i those two dancers specifically i know and i do think that they absolutely deserve it they're beautiful yeah they were radiant accepting the awards and rashna i have never met at the apiary but she yeah that's her an apiary yeah. person yeah that she runs that where business. my stepson tyler works yeah so. small, so town. small town uh and oh well and the high school winners oh, all yes. sang so oh. that's like <gasps> and i have to say they were amazing and um we started with a cold open of nolan montgomery singing maria oh jesus from that'll just en- that's a show ender I know. why would you start with that that'll bring the house <laughs> down i know we were like oh where do we go from here no there, there's nowhere to go from there i know nolan you know, he he just killed it, and um, <laughs> just I was murdered like, the game in the first five I, minutes. There was a threat of moisture coming out on my face. Oh, don't let that happen. Usually doesn't, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it was it was the forecast was getting a little damp. <laughs> the forecast was misty, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then so and they were, I mean, that's just how it opened yeah. with that, and he was so good, and that song is so great for him, and Josie came on. From uh, Matilda, Matilda, and she played Miss Honey. Oh, okay. And does and she? Does she, what? Did, what song does she sing? Do you know? <sighs> no, I can't remember the name of the song. I don't know that score very well. But of course, David and I saw it and uh, with our friends, and and it was, it was that was a great show. I don't know if we've talked about it ever on here because not only was the cast solid mm-hmm. and the the staging was great, but they like. That set, the set was also incredible. Oh, yeah, the set was incredible. I went and took a look at it before it went on, and, I mean, just whole rooms made out of books and chandeliers and and sculpture made from paper and from books, and they really, like, uh, put the emphasis on letters and words and reading and the fun and the puzzle of it all, and I thought it was a brilliant and the, and the cruelty of the rolled doll world oh is my so God. interesting. You know, that's that? such an interesting flavor of, I don't know, like sadism, Yoga. really. I actually, I asked uh, Otto, who is uh, uh-huh. the head of, right. of that program, I asked him about that because, you know, there's so many trigger warnings and weird stuff that parents say mm. no to mm-hmm. in, in the public school system, sure. right? Like like people can opt out of things. And I was like, do you think that you're going to get any like blowback from this once people, you know, come to see it because they remember reading it as kids and then watch it and they're like, oh, it's just a play. It's a musical about child abu- abuse. Yay. <laughs> and he's like, no, no, I'm not worried about it. And I was like, baller. You know, also, though, I've noticed when it's when the ending is happy, I mean, that's how they got away with so much in the 19th century stage is the they would have all these, you know, grotesque things happening mm-hmm. that were otherwise unwatchable or uncensored, <laughs> censored, I should say, like not, you know, well, very watchable, but n- n- very much not OK. And and as long as you had it resolved yeah. in a certain way, that as, was long as, the as long as uh, film. Yeah. yeah, as long as Scrooge brings the turkey to Tiny Tim. It, exactly. You're fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and 
then, oh, you know what you really did miss, though, and it's shame if we don't have it on tape somewhere, is when one of the Blondell sons uh. came and accepted the award for his father. Uh. It was like a uh. moment in rhetorical you know, sparkliness because he came on. So John Blondell, of course, directed, directs Lip Moon. And, mm-hmm. uh, One of our town's on, true theater yeah, artists. Yeah, really interesting. Yeah. And so he's off doing that abroad, I think, right now and during the Indies. So his son, Will, had prepared an acceptance speech for him. And he and, and John Blondell was accepting for M- Magic Flute. Right. From with Westmont. Anyway. Right. So I can't really replicate. There's no way I can replicate that for you. But <laughs> he he said, I thought I would take the words of our president and say, you know, you, you were really, really great. And it was a big win for. <laughs> it was just, oh, my was, God. He sort of appropriated. Yes. Kind of flat, facile speech of. Um, the 45th president and and flipped it in a way that was really interesting. Oh, good for him. Kind of Brechtian. Oh, my God. Saying. Love it. <laughs> and um, we we loved the wolves that played up oh, in Santa Maria. That was the PCPA. best thing I saw all year. Same. Best thing I saw all year. Same. Ugh, can, why can't every show be the wolves? Not sure. I don't have an answer for you. I don't either. But but Karen came or Karen excuse me her name is pronounced Karen Hendricks came and right. accepted for, uh, because she was the director right. and she did so great well so, good it sounds like a successful evening in I which mean, yeah. all of the stars of our community came out yeah dressed well I I could I could go on and on yeah and then you know there's a nice little reception there yeah. and um that was a fun night so I wish we you like could to, have been there I missed uh, you. I missed you and Sam were gone. Yeah, we were. Yeah, you left me alone. I'm sorry. You orphaned me. I'm so, you know what? We planned our vacation in January because yes. Sam is on top of things. And she was like, we got to get on this if we're mm-hmm. going to get good mm-hmm. good prices. And I was mm-hmm. like, you go, girl. And then, you know, <laughs> three months later, they're like, here's the date for the Indie Awards. And I was like, really? Yeah. Yeah, so it always goes that way. We were just, we were just more prepared you than were. the independent. You and you, yeah, for the planning so. of this party. <laughs> Definitely. So, but cool. I will. We will make a point to be there next year. All right, I'm writing that down. Okay. I hope we can find a clip of the Blondell moment. Somebody's got it. I Some- hope so. Yeah. Are you kidding? Nothing goes un- unrecorded. Unrecorded okay. these days. All right. In search of, text us if you have yeah, it. Find it. Send find it to us. us. We want it. Yes. So we've got the summer shows coming up. Yeah. It's sort of our doldrums. Season yeah. in which most of the schools are off, and so right. you know we've got a couple of musicals and things, things happening. That start happening outside and yes. musicals. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, they are doing oh dancing lessons, at dancing ensemble. lessons at ensemble. That should be light and cute, uh, very cute, and directed by Sandra McLean, who's Great. always does really good job. So Great, and awesome. we've also got uh, the Lost Virginity Tours, which is by a local playwright, Cricket Daniel, and that will be down at the. The, uh, Alcazar and Carp, mm, and that'll be cute theater. Cute theater, and they'll give you a big glass of wine, so uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, we can go check that out. That's Drama Dogs. Is that a hot tub size glass of wine? Um, I'm just trying to get the dimensions. I mean, I think it's more of like a kiddie pool, one of those okay, inflatables. Yeah. but you okay. know, sort of in those. So a little bit of wine. Yeah, a little bit of wine, just a skosh. 
and the Lost Virginity Tours, yeah. and that's Drama Dogs. That's Drama Dogs. Okay. Anything else? Um, City College is doing how to succeed. Yeah, not and, into that. And that's probably yeah, not yeah. your cup of tea. Not my bag. And sexist piece of shit. Okay. What else do we got? Um. Well. Up in the valley, we've got PCPA's Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder. Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder. I'm excited to see that. That was a big Tony winner a couple years ago. Oh, that's right. And Mm -hmm. I mean, my reference for it is, I haven't heard the music, I don't, but I know the story pretty well because I've seen the movie Kind Hearts and Cornets with Alec Guinness, which is so funny because the premise is um, that, you know, this, this man, young man, finds that he's been alienated from the riches of his family and he only has to kill like 12 murder like 12 people before he ascends to the title of uh i think it's a duke uh he gets to be a duke so he he progressively kills people he and i have that in common oh yeah yeah murder is also on my summer bucket list oh okay (laughs) well what and the twist what makes it fun uh, <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. Murder isn't the fun? fun in murder is that he that the the family members they're distant. He doesn't really know them, but they're all played by the same actor. Oh, that's right. So yes, that's, that's gonna be fun. Yeah. that'll be good. And that's in the uh, theater under the stars that's in right. Solvang. That's right. And um, on a more somber note, though, the uh, George Walker, who's playing the role of. Um, the young man, the the man who mm-hmm. the murderer, the mur- the serial killer, the serial killer. Uh, yeah, he's one of our, those modern connotations. He's though. one of our favorites. He is one of our. He's favorites. delightful. He won the uh, indie last year mm-hmm. for three different roles. Yeah, I mean, we were just I like, mean, let's just give it to him for everything, for everything, because he's, he's great at awesome. everything. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. he's one hundo, one hundo. Exactly. So he, we always really appreciate his work and his dedication and he took some time off mm-hmm. uh when his family grew larger by one baby girl but um at the same time he found out his wife is having some pretty serious health issues yes and they are um you know people in the community want to help out and if if you want to help out cuz it's a pretty significant challenge mm-hmm. uh they have a gofundme set up somebody set up a gofundme yes and, absolutely um, and i think that if you go to gofundme you can just search george his walker. name which is george walker right. otherwise uh you we'll can find it. it on his we'll put it on our we'll website put the link on our uh website. we'll tweet it out and we'll also it. if you want to find it it's on his facebook it's not private so you can they've uh actually raised like twenty thousand dollars their goal is yeah. thirty thousand yeah. dollars but uh i mean but that we would, all know you know when i have yeah. a visit for an earache it's you know, yeah it's a hundred and thirty eight thousand dollars yeah for medical know, care yeah we know what what it's like that's why i've learned to field dress all and of my a own new baby yeah man it's just it's a lot and a he's lot. great and this is a excellent opportunity for the the community to come together and really help somebody out yeah in a in an a, actor and nobody yeah. does that for the big bucks so yeah in a tough time for them yeah. so we we wish them the best and we we hope for the best for them and uh we'll put those links up on our on our website all right And now we're we're at June second, so we're yeah. basically like both feet deep in the summer. Yeah. I feel. Yeah. Um, I have a summer bucket list item I'd like to put on your list. Ooh, please do. I challenge you to go to the farmers market. 
oh, and no. check out food oh, to make no. a uh, hot dish casserole. A whole dinner. Oh god, an entire that, dinner. That's, that's gonna take me the whole summer. I know, but I don't care. <laughs> You, you challenged me. You've challenged I me. I have. I've all thrown right. it down. Uh, it's all going to be peppers. It's just going to be peppers. Just lots and lots of I'm like, it's a pepper salad. There's okay. eight types of peppers in here. Ooh. And then we blended them, and now it's a pepper smoothie. How's that? Would that, oh, would that do it ooh. for you? I'm going to invite you over. You're going to click. That's your bucket list item. Whatever I make, you have to eat. <laughs> no, that's a cheat. Maggie, you can't do that. I need my own, like, pure... Your own, uh, your own pure bucket, own summer pure bucket list item. Okay. Ooh, okay. Bucket list item. Uh-huh. I want you to get full braids in your hair. Yeah, you just gotta go. You gotta get the braids done. You gotta get them done. You gotta keep yeah. them for a, a week a at week? least. Okay, my hair starts to look a little gross after like three Not days. if so you use soft. the right wax and you get them in there tight. Oh, okay. I'll need your guidance for this. All right. That'll be my like, uh, I'll do that around the Star Wars, the next Star Wars thing that comes up because they always have the good braids. Yeah, yeah there's another one? How, how long is this right. Star Wars? It go, it's like it's it's owned by Disney now, so, oh, it's, so it's just goes like, on forever. It's like it's like the corpse of of Walt. It's it's, it's just festering. It has no end. Ugh, God. <laughs> All right. Um, thanks to our producer, David Paris. Absolutely. And music by Miles Austin. Find us and all our links at theatricsb.com. And enjoy your summer of theater. Dun, 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 dun.